How's it going, everybody? This is Sam from the Central District uh, Podcast. We're going to try something a little bit new, a little bit different format. We're going to do some some audio between myself and Nate, uh, who's the owner. He'll introduce himself in a second. And, you know, just kind of talk about mountain biking and other biking topics, but mostly focus on mountain biking. So just a little history on myself real quick. My name is Sam. Uh, I'm 30 years old. I started mountain biking about a decade ago. I started in the UP. That's where I cut my teeth on mountain biking. I went to Michigan Tech, um, bought just a, a, you know, a, a basic hardtail and fell in love with mountain biking instantly. Um, just started working in the industry. Uh, so now I have a perspective from the other side of the counter. And uh, yeah, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, Nate, talk about your riding experience and stuff. Hey, I'm Nate. Um, I own Central District. I'm old as dirt, and uh, I'll be 53 in April. I think I've been mountain biking since about 19, 18, 19. Um, I had a roommate, bought one of these new mountain bikes, rolled home, rolled in, you know, I had shared an apartment with a couple of guys, and one of the roommates rolled home with one of these things, and he never rode it. And I jumped on it. It started just messing around on it, and you know, like I, I'm a typical a typical person that once you were 16 and you got your license, you forgot that you owned a bike at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, jumped on this roommate's mountain bike, and and then started to realize, like, really that there are were trails you could go ride. And at that point, those were really just walking trails or a hiking trail. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would say on the to air, I've probably mountain biked now for 30 years. And in those 30 years, I've gone from what I would consider kind of a cross-country oriented rider. Um, I've been lucky enough to travel. I've, I've mountain biked all over the States. I've been to several countries. That's um, awesome. And mm-hmm. uh, so my riding um, is much more trail oriented. I would call myself a trail rider now. Um, I've done the race thing. I'm not really going back to it. Uh, I'm all in on the trail ride. And I think that's where the more fun is to be had. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. Much more of a trail rider myself. You know, not the, the, I like going fast for sure, but the race thing doesn't really, uh, you know, interest me a ton. We'll see where that goes in the future. You know, maybe I'll jump in some races and see how it goes. But for now, I'm just happy to be on my bike in the woods. And that is, uh, yeah, it's one of my favorite activities, but we do have a, a bit of a topic, you know, kind of want to focus a discussion. Um, our topic tonight is an interesting one. Um, it's talking about bicycle frames and doing frame builds. So what do we mean by doing a frame build instead of walking into your shop and you see a bike on the floor, that's pre-built essentially, you know, it comes to the shop typically in a box with all the parts selected You can look on spec sheets from various manufacturers and see what bikes come with what parts. And you walk in the shop, you give them money, and you walk out with a bike. A frame... Instant gratification. Right, instant gratification. You know, and you get a bike, and you go ride the trails, and, and, you know, that's the main transaction. Um, But we're going to talk about something a little bit more, I don't know, you know, a little bit more personal, which is buying a frame and then building it up with parts that you select. So one of the things that we want to kind of, it's a bit of a misnomer, and that is that 
doing a frame build is significantly more expensive than buying a complete bike. You know, uh, I don't, I, you know, it doesn't make any sense to just buy a frame and buy part. Like if, cause if I look at a spec sheet or whatever, and I'm like, well, if I do some research and this, uh, you know, I, the frame costs this much and this part costs this much and this part costs this much It's really easy to just write off a frame build and go, this is too much money. Why would anyone do this? Well, we're going to hear tell you, why? <laughs> well, my, my, and I'll, I'll counterpoint that. Um, I ride a lot of the shop bikes, I, mm-hmm. and I ride our demo bikes, and or I'll buy a bike as a demo to sell it off at the end of the year. And I tend to not mess around with them much because I'm trying to keep them as in a stock condition mm-hmm. as possible. But if I had bought that bike, I'm invariably going to drop another three to five hundred dollars on it to get the stuff on it that is important to me. Right. Um, my personal, my personal pet peeve is not having a, a four piston hydraulic brake. Agreed. And to me, having to rip off a set of two piston brakes and to put, you know, some four pistons on, you're probably looking, there's 300 bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, plus you also bought the other brakes as part of the complete. So right. you're probably really in the grand scheme of things, it costs you 500. Right. It costs you 400 or, you know, whatever, well, however the math works out, you know, um, but product managers are great people, mm-hmm. but they're. Their job is to hit a price point. They're offering uh, an array or a range of bikes to hit a certain price point. Um, and to do that, there's trade-offs in that. They have to. You know, you that's, know that's, that's, that's the industry. They have to make decisions to hit certain price points. So, like, we not even doing a ton of legwork, but, like, Nate and I just kind of sat down one day and just to, you know – we we picked a frame, we selected a bike frame, and just to give you some, we had, you know, a decent amount of money to work with the parts. We had about $1,500 to work with in parts to equal its, its cheapest complete build, and we were able to get pretty much spot on, and we were able to even select things that we felt were cooler or better than what came with the bike out of the box, Um you know, and that's the one of the advantages, big advantages of doing a frame build is you get to select the parts. You get to dictate what you want on that bicycle and you can leverage your resources so much more. Um, Nate and I will talk a little bit about our experiences building a bike. You know, when I built my first bike, um, just a, just a, an, an, it was just an aluminum hardtail, nothing to write home about, got the frame for a good price, I was able to really go out and, you know, what could I get and how could my dollar go the furthest and, and build a bike that I still wanted. So like there's there's so many more resources that you can leverage when you're building a frame up and they has significantly more experience in building a frame than I do. Um, so he can shed some light on like some of the things to, you know, be conscious of and, you know, what his experience is and what he benefited from when doing a frame build. I'm not even sure how many I've built up. I, I'm at least six. Right. Personal uh, bikes. Yeah. Personal know? bikes. <laughs> right. Um and for sure, some Franken bikes and some other mm, stuff that were right. just out of the spare parts bin. Um, but like, really, like I bought a frame and and started from that, and then worked my way up a good six. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, 
the reason I was doing those builds was um, th- what I wanted wasn't available. It just wasn't available, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, things that I look for that are that are important to me. I, also, when I started doing all of this, there were not um, disc brakes. It was all rim brake then. Um, and you were dealing with 72, 73 degree head angles. Much 80, steeper yeah, than modern geometry. 80 mil much, stems much would have been a really short stem. Um, I mean, I can vividly remember guys with 110, 120 extension stems where you're like, oh, yeah. Just crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also knew some things that I wanted, and, you know, geometry was important to me. Um, and I'm a pretty typical guy physiology wise. I have short legs, long torso. I have a little bit of a longer reach because of that on a bike. Mm -hmm. So I'm usually looking for a longer top tube. Um, and you know, today's geometry fits me to a T the long, low slack is perfect. I don't have to do a whole lot of searching. Like before I had to research frames quite a bit. Plus, frame materials really at that point were just aluminum and steel. Right, and I, you were you were arguably working with less standards mm-hmm. than there are today, mm-hmm. uh, so that helped facilitate the build. But the it still came from a fact that you wanted to build your bike with the stuff that you wanted to get the bike that you ultimately wanted. Exactly so. right, mm-hmm. and I, 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 you know, I coveted a race face turbine, I uh, yeah crank when I was. And, you know, I think I paid 150, 200. It costs the same amount of money. That's what blows my mind. You know, right. I was like, it's the same. Um, right. <laughs> you know, now granted, um, hydraulic disc brakes cost quite a bit more than rim brakes. For but sure. a lot of these prices have really held over the years. They have. And the value in the parts, even if, you know, and a lot of times I was flipping parts from one build to the next, mm-hmm. depending on what was going on. I also want to point out that an awful lot of these builds, we're steel frame single speeds, either with a f- suspension fork or rigid, depending on how I was feeling mm-hmm. at the time, um, and then progressed dramatically right into full suspension from that point. <laughs> right. Um, Where there's but, just more to consider. Yeah, but my know. last two hardtail frames were custom built, had mm-hmm. tubing, things at all that I wanted. And um, in fact, that would have been a tie frame made by Titus before they sold out. Um, and they, I remember working with their frame geometry person going, here's what I want. And he was kind of looking at me like I was kind of crazy, but I, I was, apparently I was a little ahead of the curve. I was looking to tuck the rear wheel, a 29 inch. I was looking to tuck the rear wheel under me, mm-hmm. shorter seat stays, a little longer top tube. Um, and it was radical. I wanted a 70 degree head tube angle, not a, yeah. not a 71 or a 72, you know, mm-hmm. and now I, I wouldn't particularly even carry a rider bike that didn't have, wasn't at least a 68 degree head right. tube. And I much prefer something for that trail oriented riding. Yeah. 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 You know, right. Like we could talk about geometry on another podcast for sure. That's a huge topic to cover, but right. Those you know, are some of the drivers that, you know, were getting and, me where and I your wanted. Your influence to build a bike was, it was just, 
you know, it, it wasn't readily available to you. That was a big influence. And that's, that's a thing, you know, where it's a little different today. You know, the geometry is, you know, it fits riders so well these days. If you haven't been on a mountain bike in a while, I encourage jumping on one cause they don't ride like they used to. Um, but like, a bike build lets you, it, that, that's ultimately where it is. Like you dictate how that bike is built, you know? And so we, you know, we've talked about the pricing and that's a little bit of a myth, you know, cause it's not necessarily a linear comparison, like, you know, part for part for part. Okay. It does. It is there, but that's not necessarily true because you can leverage more resources when you build a bike and things like modern 12 speed drivetrains, uh, we have much more experience with SRAM, both Nate and I, you know, anxious to see some of this new Shimano 12 speed stuff, you know, for sure. Jump on it, see how it does. You know, I'm anxious, looking forward to that, to being on more bikes, see how it does. But we have more experience with SRAM stuff. And, uh, for example, I have GX on my bike. So that's kind of like SRAM's mid-tier for people who don't know. Uh, it's like mid-tier 12 speed stuff. And like, you know, jumping on bikes with NX or even the new SX stuff, which is now their new lowest and, you know, their price point option, man, like it shifts almost the same. You know, you're getting the same ratios. You're getting all, you're getting what that part is supposed to do. The 12 speed gives you the range to be able to tackle more terrain in a one speed setup. And as long as it shifts, like, Decent, like crisply, quickly, within reason, you're you're gonna be happy with it the vast majority of the time. And yeah, like the SX and NX stuff is heavier than the GX stuff, but you're talking, I mean, grams, you know, you know, a handful of grams between them. And I really can't tell much of a difference between my GX stuff and something like NX. So my point is, is like doing a build you know, you think about things like that, you know, like, can I, can I maybe, you know, think about what I want my dress, like, oh, I gotta have GX, like, do you really have to have GX if you don't? Yeah, you know, think about the things that you do want, you know, like a shifter, you know, because that's what you're going to tactically feel when you, you know, go to make a shift is, you know, you push on the shifter. So if your shifter's like GX, you know, but the rest of the drivetrain's NX, you can save some money there and still get the performance you're looking for. And where I'm going with this is that's money you can put elsewhere in the build and make it, you know, get a better fork, get better wheels, get better brakes and make the build more, more functional for you. Um, and it, it's the little things that people don't realize. Mm-hmm. Like, um, so with hydraulic brakes, um, you either love them or hate them, but a, but a SRAM guide calipers pretty much the same. You want a better feel just buy a better lever. Yeah. Um, or buy the, you know, buy the art, drop your, your guide R and, and, and do something a little different or an RSC or something mm-hmm. to, just to get more functionality out of the lever. Yep. Still works with the caliper. Yep. Um, and you can buy it that way. Things that most people aren't <laughs> going to tell you, you know, and like, again, that, yeah, just buy it that way and make, you know, you can make your bike your own. And so, you know, the, the price thing, you can't look at it necessarily as like an apples to apples comparison, like these components versus these components. Oh yeah, I can get it cheaper if I, if I build it a complete or buy it as a complete, I should say. Um, you, you can do some other things with your bike 
that you can't do with, you know, a complete by buying it as a frame. Um, also a frame, like it's, we talked about this a little bit before the show, like building a bike, especially a mountain bike. It's a little bit of a rite of passage thing. Like for sure you, you know, building your own bike, like when that bike is done, it's, it's such an achievement. Like when I was done with my first bike, it was, it was cool because I, I dictated what went on that bike and I wanted to ride it all the time because it was, it was more my bike than anything else. And it also invested me into that bike. You know, I wanted to keep that bike around. And if something wore out, I was more likely to replace something on that. Even though eventually I got more expensive bikes, I still wanted to ride that bike and, and, and buy stuff for that bike because I had a hand in how that bike was built. Sure. Mm -hmm. You know, the other thing to kind of think your way through is we kind of are skewing this towards where it sounds like, you know, you might build this and Mm -hmm. not, and that's not applicable to everybody, but that doesn't mean that you can't do a frame build. Mm -hmm. Um, your shop should be able to assemble that for you, give you guidance on standards because things, there's some things that have become really hard to figure out like bottom bracket standards to a point headset standards. Yeah. Um, spacing yeah on the bicycle and Um, your shop should be you know if you wouldn't be able to find it on the internet which you probably can find um your shop should be able to help you put together a package of parts that works together and you know if you're not able to build it yourself also provide that service for you Mm -hmm. um and part of that will be a much better kind of a better experience because when you buy a complete, um, so like if we got a bike from Kona here mm-hmm. at the shop, it comes in a box. Um, as a shop, we may do, we'll do a few things a little above and beyond. We'll take, replace some grease. We'll do some things. Yeah. Make sure the wheels are true. You, you know, know, things like that. Um, whereas if not all shops do that, mm-hmm. A. Um, but if you're starting from scratch, so to speak, you know, everything gets prepped in the right way. It's either mm-hmm. greased or uh, a Loctite or depending on what it is, it's all done per yeah. part and you know it's done right. And yeah. you don't have to second guess why something's rattling or some weird noise. It's not going to be because, well, it shouldn't be anyhow, because the fastener's mm-hmm. loose or why why is my 30 mil spindle crank not fitting a 24 mil or the 24 millimeter bottom bracket that mm-hmm. I have. Well, obviously yeah. there's a six mil difference. Yeah. But somebody should have been able to help you through all of that. Yes. Also got you either whether it was a press fit style bottom bracket or, mm-hmm. or an outboard style, whatever it all is, so it all works together. But the, really the, the big part is, is, is everything will have been touched in a way that, um, or assembled in a way that it, was meant to be there's torque specs for things especially if you're dealing with carbon 100 percent with carbon um you know as a as a home mechanic and i did that for years mm-hmm. you know i could do it by feel mm-hmm. 
it's not what I do in the shop. Right. We do it by torque spec because torque wrenches, and that information's available. Mm-hmm. Like it's readily available typically uh, these days. You know, a lot of manufacturers like their manuals getting really good. Uh, uh, not everybody, yeah. but a lot of there. There's some manufacturers that are stepping up their manual game because bikes are they're, they're a little bit more complex on average, and you know, you a customer needs that information or a shop needs that information to be able to work on it correctly. Yep. Um, Every so, bike's going to need some replacement parts. Of course, point. eventually. Like, nothing lasts forever. Like, things wear out. Like, you will need to replace your drivetrain at some point. Uh, so, you know, that's kind of the cool thing, another cool thing about a build. And, yeah, like, don't feel like it's – if you feel like it's going to be daunting, like, I don't want to build a frame because I just don't know enough about bikes, your shop – should be able to help you out. And the, the the people who work there really should help guide you, make the right decisions. Now, they're still your decisions at the end of the day. It's your build. But, you know, let them at least offer some insights as to how it can be built. And and a good shop is, is really going to try to give you options. You know, they're not going to dictate your build. They're, they're going to, like, if you're they're going to give you a bit of an education and help you make the right decisions, but ultimately they're your decisions. So, you know, that is, uh, something really cool. So don't feel like you're alone or it's a daunting task when doing a frame build, talk with your shop, talk with your friends, do some research and, you know, you can find that you can build some pretty sweet stuff for a similar budget as a complete, um, yeah, that's a, it's a really cool thing about a frame build. I'm going to just take one piece out of what you just mm-hmm. said. And I will say yeah. out of all of my build experience, some of the things that went wrong or negative hindered the build was well-intentioned advice from friends. Right. And part of that is everybody rides a little different. Everybody has some different physiologies and just because your saddle like that man you got to have the saddle you got to have the saddle well it works great for you sam but it might not work great for me different hip bones i i i could ride in a different position you know different crank length so i would always say is like take the advice Mm -hmm. and the same thing with the internet you can look all kinds of stuff up on the internet you're still Mm -hmm. getting a lot of times people's advice personal experiences and it's all good but you kind of have to take that all in to form your own experience and don't feel that because somebody told you, I have to have a certain wheel size. Don't worry about it. Buy, Buy what you want. Try a demo you know. as many bikes as you can. Mm-hmm. Try as many different things as you can and decide what you like for yourself. Yes. And, and then be honest. How am I going to really use the bike? Mm-hmm. And, you know, don't build... A dirt jump bike if you're not going to go dirt jump. Right. Right. Think about what you want. And that, and again, it's your bike. So, mm-hmm. and that's a build allows you to do that sort of thing. Um, and then another thing I do want to talk about too is sort of another thing that a frame allows you to do that a complete doesn't. You know, you walk into a bike shop and you want that bike, you know, 2000 3000 whatever the bike costs, like you have to pay them right now you know and then you get to walk out with your bicycle a frame you can in a way like it's a kind of a way to think about it like it's 
pseudo, like kind of like pseudo financing the bike because you can buy the frame and then get a little more money, then buy the fork, then get a little more money, buy your wheel set. And before you know it, you now have a complete bike. So you can kind of piecemeal it together. Now you do, there are some pitfalls, you know, you know, the bike industry is ever evolving, ever, you know, making innovations. So, you know, don't take too long to build your bike or you might, it might be harder to find certain standards or what used to be standards. You know, if something's a rock bottom deal, there might be a very good reason for it. Right. (laughs) And you should be eyes wide open, you know? Right. But, you know, if you're doing it relatively like quickly, you know, within four to six months, you know, or so like you're going to be able to find plenty of parts available for that bike. And that's something you can also think about. Like you can, you know, if you can't afford a $3,000 bike right now, can you afford a $3,000 bike if it was broken up into like six months, you know, sort of payments in a way, you know, spend X amount on the frame you know, $1,000 on the frame, then spend, you know, get a couple more paychecks, spend, you know, another 600 on your fork, you know, the, and, and eventually you end up with a bike that again, if you're, if you're just being conscious and, you know, having the right guidance similar to that complete bike, you know, and you didn't have to have to save up $3,000 at one time to purchase that bicycle. Oh, sure. There's, you know, couple of boxes running around here with just parts for different people right. that they're going to accumulate for a while. Yep. And um, that's how I've done my builds. Yep, that's how I've done my builds, I'm, you know. I'm not independently wealthy. It's hard for me to right. just walk in and go. Very like, rarely with a bike yeah. have I ever been like, okay, you know, I have the money for everything. Or I'll even, you know, I've even done this, uh, you know, something like, something simple. Like, you know, I'm, I'm a uh, dropper post, you know. We could another podcast, probably one of the best inventions uh, of this decade for mountain biking. For sure. Um, uh, but like, you know, you don't got the money. F- f- go to your shop, get a get a takeoff post, or get even even one that they have on the floor. Get a rigid post for you know probably under fifty dollars in most cases if it's not carbon. And there you go. You know, ride it for a couple weeks till you get that paycheck and can afford your dropper post. And yeah, you lost money sarcastic air quotes if you can't see me on camera you know because you did pay an extra a little bit of money for that for that post but like you know it's it's pretty relative at that point you know you can do little things like that Mm -hmm. to facilitate your build and and make it and and make have it make more sense or right you maybe maybe you just don't have enough experience with a dropper maybe it's going to take a while for you to get a dropper ride half the summer with a rigid post then get a dropper whatever you know or find one of those yahoos on one of the uh you know facebook groups or something like that that rode one twice and they're going to sell it because they're never going to use it because they're never going to use that right well there's a great deal to be had right again leverage your resources um that's another great thing about about building a bike so um you know i think we've uh, had a good chat this this evening about about frame builds. Um, I guess is there any closing notes that you'd like to make, Nate? Uh, about you know anything about the shop or just in general? I feel that we're very approachable. So if you could, had questions, you should feel free to come ask us. I hesitate to say text us, but many people probably we're available. Will. We're available. We're you available. Can, you can find us. Um. And understand that sometimes we may be in the middle of something else, but mm-hmm. we'll find time for you. 
Mm-hmm. Um, as should whoever else you're working with. It, it takes a little bit of time to think through a build. Yes. Um, it's not something that's very instantaneous. You, you kind of get the idea, like, I'm going to try, I'm going to build this. Mm-hmm. And it's a process for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, I do to kind of, you know, riff on, on an earlier comment of you. It is a rite of passage. Mm-hmm. It is something you should try. You should try. You will learn a lot about how bikes work. Yep. If you build a bicycle or even if like someone is helping you build a bicycle, you know, you'll learn a lot about bicycles when you do a build. Mm-hmm. So. Or, and if you decide, Hey, it's not for me, you'll have a better appreciation for the complete that you do right. go with. Right. And how those parts that you don't want, what you would want to replace them with. So right. it's all pertinent. For sure. Um, I guess for my closing show notes, uh, you know, thanks for listening. And, you know, we we want to help you here at Central District. You know, that is our goal. We want to make frame builds a thing. So if you have any questions, like Nate said, you know, reach out to us. You know, you know we're, we're here to help you. Also, to do a little bit of a plug, um, talking about frame builds, didn't talk a ton about any specifics, but I will throw out some specifics, you know, Ibis, who we are a dealer for, they have a fantastic uh, frame, uh, the DV9, which is a carbon hardtail for, a for thou- under $1,000. Under $1,000. It's pretty wild because doing a little bit of research, I found other, like, I found aluminum frames from, I mean, I'll call it out, track, you know, like a, an aluminum frame was a thou- was was $1,000. So, like, before you write off a frame build isn't for me, give it, give it an extra little bit of a thought, you know, because you can find like, wow, you know, I can get a carbon hardtail granted just a frame, but it's under a thousand dollars. That gives you a lot of room to work with for a build and actually build a, a really, a, a well-specced bicycle for this day and age and, and make your dollar just go that much further. So, you know, that's something that we have them in stock, um, medium through extra large, various colors. Um, so, yeah, if you're looking at doing something like this, you know, come in, ask us, talk with us, and we'd be happy to, to help you out. Um, you know, as we go forward with this, we hope this format's successful. Uh, we would like to make this a regular thing. Um, we always want to reach out to our community and uh, if you have ideas for shows, things that you want to hear guys from the other side of the counter talk about, yeah, give us ideas. We'd love to hear feedback and to even guests, you know, we're open to things like that, you know, to talk about something and, and have some some genuinely good discussion about bikes. Yeah, know. I mean, I, th- I think that sums it up. There hasn't been a good... West Michigan podcast and um, pertaining with mountain bikes mm-hmm. in particular, but mm-hmm. bikes in general. Um, so we kind of hope to yeah, occupy that void. So thanks for tuning in.